Welcome to the We Won't Die Wandering podcast. My name is Ryan James. Each episode, I'll be continuing my quest to explore and unpack why so many of us break down in midlife and consider it such a crisis, and how to find and fulfill renewed purpose and meaning in the second half of our lives. Sometimes I'll go it alone and share my own reflections, and others I'll invite guests along to get seriously curious about everything from life, love, business, and beyond. Wake up. Don't die wondering. You've got this. We've got this. Let's do this. Hello, this is Ryan James. We want the Wondering Podcast. Episode 10, I believe. And it's funny, it's been a few weeks since I last recorded a podcast. Um, last one being with Jamie Cato, which was an absolute joy and delight. And lots of people got an awful lot of value from so many nuggets in that, that podcast. If you've not heard it yet, go back and listen to it. It's brilliant. Um, he's got so much wisdom to share, but also the dynamic between us. It just it was like we were riffing, like two guitarists or musicians. And um, yeah, I think we I think we were both in our element talking to each other. And I had loads of ideas that came off the back of that that I wanted to share, I could have probably shared them within a day of recording it. And I didn't allow myself to do that because I kept telling myself that, well, it's been, it's only been a couple of days. I can't suddenly record another podcast and I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And so I didn't, which is totally counter to, we won't go wondering, totally counter to what me and Jamie were talking about, totally counter to what I know and I keep getting taught time and time again about what is true for me. But as I'm also learning and as also I'm, is, is proving evident in the process of me doing this, um, this podcast, this journey, whatever, is I'm letting it unfold as it goes. I have not got a master plan. <laughs> I'm, I'm, if any marketeer were to get hold of me, they would say, oh, you need to do these podcasts every Monday or you need to schedule this and you need to do that and you could be doing this. And blah. and it's like, ah, fuck off. That's not, that's not the inner workings of my heart. The inner workings of the heart just speaks when it wants to speak and it moves when it wants to move. And it doesn't, your, your heart's never going to say, I want to do a podcast at 12.30 every Monday. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> no, that's the inner workings of your mind trying to fix things and make it safe. Ah, oh, that's the inner workings of your ego saying it needs to look this way and then you'll be okay and then it'll fit into everyone else's structure and what they want from you. Ah, oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Fuck. Which is a lot like the last couple of weeks, I've also been wrestling with a friend of mine that's been doing my official we won't die wandering instagram account fuck man like poor girl had the most impossible job um because i was even though i was asking her to show up and uh post as herself as her experience of we won't die wandering it was like 
And what does that look like? I'm asking her to trust herself and just show up and post what needs to be posted as and when she wants to. But then, of course, I was intent on tenterhooks, wondering what she was going to post when she was going to post it. And that really pointed to the fact that, you know what? I'm not ready to hand that over yet because there is no strategy I want for Instagram. There is no certain amount of followers I want. There is no perfect pictures to post. And I end up finding myself looking at other people's Instagram stuff and kind of going, oh, there's a formula to this. There's a way of looking. You like, and, and there is, and I've had several conversations with people and it's like, fuck, it's just so counterintuitive in the sense of, I don't want to die wondering about using everything, including my work, including social media, including how I eat, including how I fuck. <laughs> including how I walk, including how I speak to people, including how I drink water, including how I pay my bills, all of it. I just want everything and I see everything as an opportunity to connect and go deeper and connect to my heart and be me. Everything that was brought up in the Jamie Cato podcast and the Kate Marion podcast and actually all the other podcasts I've done, if actually the overarching message to everything that I'm doing, that I'm learning as I go, is unfolding, is just let shit go <laughs> and allow yourself to be led by what your heart wants to do and trust. The heart doesn't, my heart does not want to be boxed in. It doesn't want to have a post that goes out every Wednesday on Instagram, looks a certain way, and my post to be a certain way, so it makes it more palatable and easy for other people to digest it. And what does it look like? And other people to go, oh, doesn't your Instagram look beautiful? I couldn't give a fuck if it looks beautiful. Like, like no, no, no. Beauty is in someone speaking from the heart and being real. Beauty is in saying, fuck, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Instagram for me at this moment in time, where I am at this moment now, is just another medium for me to share stuff. I, I haven't got my head around it, and that's okay. It's just not working for me right now. And if that just means all I end up doing is posting every now and again some stuff, then that's what I'll do. <sighs> and that's how I'll do business, and that's how I'll lead my life. And I think there's something about all of this that points to what I was wanting to share in the first place once I listened to the Jamie po Jamie Cato podcast or listened to it, did it. <laughs> I was participant of it. I forget that. Um, and it's something that's been coming up. I've seen time and time again for myself and also, um, people that are in my Facebook group. Uh, we won't die wandering on Facebook. Um, and some of my clients, etc. And it points back to that notion where Jamie said, uh, when you're okay with hearing the word, no, the whole banquet of yeses opens up, opens up for you. Um, because it reminds me of, I think what he's pointing to and what I'm seeing in myself is this notion that if he, Jamie Cash was talking about making an album, which obviously if you've not heard the, if not heard the episode, then you won't know what I'm talking about. But basically he, he was a founding member of Faithless, the music, music band in the nineties. 
and he went on to produce and make um, several musical collaborations in the early 2000s called One Giant Leap, which is actually one of my favorite albums. And he just brought loads of musicians together. Now, what he was saying was he just asked everybody that he ever loved musically, actually in any creative art. He had writers come on, poets come on, etc. Anyone he ever loved, he wanted them to be on that show, on the on the project. But of course, they weren't all going to say yes, but he put it out there anyway. And what he was saying was, because he was open to the fact that they might all say no, he was able to open, able to ask open-heartedly. He was able to pour his heart into asking them and be okay with the fact that they might say no. And he sort of says, you know, David Bowie says no, and Paul Simon says no, and Bob Dylan says no. But equally so, he had Michael Stipe of REM say yes, and he had Kurt Vonnegut said yes, and he had Alanis Morissette say yes. And there's something in this, I think. It's what I'm learning is a bit like I've just said about my journey on We Won't Die Wandering so far and what I'm learning about life and probably where I got myself in such a head fuck in the first half of my life full stop for like 40 odd years is when we get fixated on it must look this way, it must work out this way, we just create a prison for ourselves. And we we then start looking outside of ourselves for confirmation of what it should look like and we start seeking other people's input and other people love giving us input because of course what they're then seeing is if we start doing it the way they're doing it then actually it must be the right way of doing it and it gives them validation and so people love it when they actually get asked because then suddenly they wade in and say yes you should be doing it this way like as people were telling me about how I should do Instagram but of course what they're telling me is what's working for them they're not telling me what could work for me and what does work for me. In actual fact, what I realized on the Instagram front was, I was like, actually, who are the people who are living their life? Fuck Instagram. Who are the people that are living their life and doing their business in a way that I aspire? And if I look at Jamie Catto, and I look at Phil Askew, and I look at my coach, Carol, and if I look at Kate Marion, and you don't even need to know who any of these people are, but they're people that I'm not so much... I'm not saying I aspire like they're on a pedestal. I just meaning if they are doing things in ways that I, my heart says yes, like something about the way they are as human beings works for me, that I resonate with as equals, not just not just people who are ahead of me. You know, if I, I take a look at Phil as a friend, he's just, I'd see him as an equal. I don't see him as kind of on a pedestal. In fact, the days I used to put him on a pedestal is when I always used to trip myself up. And I look at the way these people are doing, living their lives and the lessons they're learning and the way they're showing up in the world. These are not people who are formulaic. <laughs> these are not, they're just, they're just doing what they want to do. And, I, and I'm not even telling you who's listening to do it the way I'm doing it. Now, if you aspire to live your life more in tune with the way your heart leads you, and there's something about the way that I'm showing up, you think, yes, Ryan, this is the shizzle. <laughs> then by all means, like, 
take this as my way of doing it is the way I'm going to do it. And if that gives you permission to do it your way, then do it your way. But don't blindly copy me because you're thinking, well, Ryan's figured out the right way of doing it. It must be the right way of doing it for me. It's like, is it though? Like tune into your heart. Like, like Jamie Cato doesn't seem to show up on social media in a way that's formulaic. He just shows up as himself. My therapist teacher guru, Kate Marion, just shows up as herself. She posts when she feels moved to post. And yeah, sure, there's like ways in which you want to learn how to do stuff. And so I can learn how to do, I don't know, podcasts. I want to do podcasts. I learned how to do podcasts. But then how to do podcasts and make them successful. You know what? I'm not, there's no, nothing in my heart that's saying right now. It's not moved to create award-winning podcasts that are formulaic to a point where, like, making boy band music, like Simon Cowell makes music. Like, I'm not compelled to figure out the formula so that it fits into a formula that everybody else is is palatable to to the mass market that everyone else wants. That's my heart's not yearning for that. My heart is yearning for containment in one sense, but freedom in another. So I've got containment in the sense of Facebook is a way and Instagram is a way for me to connect with people. That's a container. Within that container, I want the freedom to just show up as I am, the freedom to play. As soon as I start, people start saying, we must do it this way, you must do it that way, and it must look like this. Immediately, whilst I might aspire for thinking, yeah, I can create this beautiful thing, it's not long before I start tripping myself up. And so I need to be open to the fact that actually there's I might get it wrong, that people might not follow me, that people might not like it, that people might go, no, I don't want this, Ryan. You're not for me. In the same way Jamie Cato went about making one giant leap, he needed to be okay with the fact that Bob Dylan was going to say no and that David Bowie's going to say no. And once he was able to let go of that fact, once he was able to basically say, fuck it, and this has come up recently with, with someone, uh, a friend of mine, who's running a, a, a project that he wants, he's got investment on and he wants to, he's talking about, well, how can I make it go big and get more investment? And he's finding he's tiring himself out and he's feeling really exhausted around it. And it was the fact that he was holding on to the fact that it needed to work out a certain way. And if it didn't work out, they're always going to be lost. And he had to say, fuck it. No, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't work, the way that he'd ideally like it to work, then you know what? It's okay. He gets to let go of it and fall back on what he already does, which he already enjoys, and the possibility of other projects sending him in different directions. So Jamie Catter goes back to talking about roadblocks. And actually, fact, roadblocks need to be rebranded. Like a friend of mine taught me this idea that when nothing's going right, turn left. <laughs> Love that. Like, maybe there's a reason nothing's going right. Or maybe it's just that actually the universe, your heart, all the woo-woo stuff that we might go, oh, God, that sounds like it's not formulaic. Like, oh, what does it mean? Where does it, where's it going to go? Where's this going to go? Where's this podcast going to go? Where's We Won't Die Wondering going to go? Where's my life going to go? I don't fucking know. <laughs> and do you know what? I'll be 
dull as fuck if I knew where it was going to go. It would be dull. Everyone's like always looking for safety and structure and whatever. Like, oh, yeah, but if I knew it was going to work out like this, then I would do it. No, you wouldn't. You really, really wouldn't. If you knew exactly how your day was going to work out to the finest detail, it would be so dull. So dull. You don't actually want that. You don't actually want to know exactly to the minute when you're next going to get laid and how long it's going to last. You don't want to know that. <laughs> you don't. It would be so dull. It would be so functional. And you don't want to know what you're going to eat every day of every minute for the rest of your life. It would be so dull. Oh, my God. You could never choose Chinese on a Wednesday because you're only supposed to eat it on Thursday. You don't want to know that. You don't. Trust me, you don't. It would be so dull. So there's, I'm sensing there's a, a parameter within which you want to know stuff, a container within which it's like, here I am. But within that container, I'm sensing we want freedom. And the freedom we're looking for is permission in ourselves to let go. Permission in ourselves to say, fuck it. This project that I'm doing might not go okay. Fuck it. This relationship might not work out the way that I prescribe it. We might not get married in two years. We might not have kids when we'd like. This career may not go in the way that I'd like. It may not, I may not get promoted when I want to get promoted. We can prescribe these things as much as we like, but I think it's in the prescription that we trip ourselves up and we create this mental prison for ourselves in which we're constantly trying to find out if it's all going to work out the way that we've prescribed it. But then if it does and we congratulate ourselves, we equally so are left feeling, is this it? And the reason we're left with, is this it, is because there's no magic and there's no magic in knowing everything. There's a great quote in... Um, the Marigold Hotel film, I can't remember, what's it called? Um, the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. And it's something like, uh, right at the end of the film, I can't remember who's, I think it's either Bill Nye or Judy Dench is speaking to Maggie Smith. And one of them says something like, uh, okay, that, that didn't work out as I wanted to. But hey, worked out for the best. And Maggie Smith turned around and said something, and I'm not quoting this very well at all, but she said something like, yeah, life, the best bits of life or life is what happens between the shit you plan for. <laughs> Think about it. It does. The magic is what you want. The second half of life, like the, 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 the shit that was dull, the shit in life was just, uh, if you think about the good bits in your life, when you roared with laughter about something, if you knew the joke beforehand, you knew the punchline, you probably wouldn't as laugh as hard as much as if it was just something that happened at random. So there's containers, there's conditions. You know that if you stick certain people in a room, you're probably going to have a good laugh. But you know what? There's nothing worse than saying, right, let's get together to have a really good laugh. You're almost guaranteed to have a fucking terrible time. <laughs> like forced fun, packaged fun. Let's have some fun today. Oh my God, you're just not allowing for the fullness and richness of life. You're not allowing for what it could actually be to arise. 
So I think there's something in we need to create the right conditions, but I think we equally so need to recognise that it's about creating the conditions within which life evolves and arises, but not prescribe it to an inch of its life. The One Giant Leap project that Jamie Cato did wouldn't have been nearly as good if he'd gotten everybody on there that he wanted. He wouldn't have, I don't think he would have known what to do with himself. And more than more importantly, if he just ended up, he would think, be thinking to himself, oh, I prescribed this. And, and the prescription in it would just be, I would just be so static. And the prescription, like, imagine, imagine, imagine you were selling your partner. You only, you could only tell them, I love you at nine o'clock every morning. <laughs> well, it worked yesterday. Therefore, it must work again when I do it today. No, because then you start, you're not, it's not coming from the heart, is it? Like, the, I think what happens is the mind holds on to, it sees stuff that works and goes, oh, that must be it. I'll do that. <laughs> and then it tries to fit it into a box. Oh my God. You don't want to be fit into a box. You think you do, but you don't. It just becomes a prison. And then you start comparing yourself to your previous self. And then you start comparing yourself to other people. And that's when you start looking at Hollywood movies. And you start going, well, <laughs> I'm only going to be happy in this relationship if it's like Disney. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're really not. You're going to miss all the juiciness and the fun of a relationship in just having no expectations and letting it be what it is. And it's, it reminds me of a, of, a, of a saying, another quote for you, that a, a, a teacher taught me. I, needed, I was in a Buddhist sangha, a Buddhist community for about eight years or so. And I got to a point where it just wasn't working, which is like I was trying to force it to work, which is so alien to the nature of what the Buddha was trying to teach. I was like, ah, I need to get out. I was just like, fuck, I need to just like break shit up. I need to just not sit here every Wednesday and discuss shit. And he turned around and he said the most amazing thing, the best parting gift I could have ever been given, total permission. He said, you'll never hold it right if you can't let it go. And with that, I give you permission to go, Ryan. Oh, just liberated me. You'll never hold it right if you can't let it go. You'll never hold your relationship right if you can't let it go. You'll never hold your work project right if you can't let it go. You'll never hold your life right if you can't let it go. You'll never hold your child right if you don't give them permission to play and do what they want to do. And I don't have kids, but you can see that as someone who was a kid. Too much containment is not healthy. I needed containment. I needed my mum there. I needed my dad there to create safety within which I could play. But I need, also needed them to show me that it was okay to fall over, bang my knee and be okay with it. I remember quite viscerally in my body, I can remember that kind of notion of like crying and realizing it's okay. The pain does go. It's okay. And so now when, like, you, I don't know if you noticed, like, as adults, you kind of might kick, stub your toe or scrape a knee or fall over and you do that, oh, my God, this is going to hurt moment. But you don't suddenly break into tears. Or if you do, it's like an impulsive res response in your body. She's like, fuck, that hurts so much. It's making me cry. <laughs> and we might cry and it's completely okay if we did cry. In fact, it would probably be healthier if we did. We kind of suppress that part of us. 
Because if something does hurt that much, it's okay to cry. But as a kid, there's something about we cry because it hurts and then we don't realize that it's just a feeling. And as we get older, we kind of go, no, we just a feeling. It's okay. So I needed that sense of safety. But within that safety, I just needed to play and I just needed to trip up and bang my knee and I just needed to graze my knee and it bleed and it'd be okay. And that I'm kind of like, if I look at what I'm doing, uh, come back to kind of my notion of, you know, if I'm making these podcasts or I'm doing my coaching or I'm doing my Instagram or I'm having my relationship, that's another good example. Like, who are you taking relationship advice from? <laughs> I Like, really, is the people you're taking relationship advice from, are they doing their relationship in a way that you think, oh, you know what, that looks liberating and freeing? Or does it look really hard work? If it looks too perfect, it probably is. I now don't take relationship advice from virtually anybody except pretty much <laughs> Kate, my therapist, teacher, guru person, who I don't think has got the perfect marriage in the sense of they never get anything wrong. In fact, I find it liberating that she says, I love Daniel and sometimes I want to chop his fucking head off. <laughs> oh God, how liberating. Yes, exactly. I love it when I meet a parent who says, I love my kid and I also want to drop kick them out of the window. Yes, exactly. It's real. It's okay to say, fuck it all. <laughs> my kids are annoying me. Ah, oh, God. And it needs to be okay for me to create this podcast and just record them and them just be total shit. <laughs> I need to kind of, it needs to be okay that just, it's just a rambling sprawl of stuff. And it needs to be okay. I can do them when I want and it doesn't have to be at 12.30 every Monday. And that structure doesn't work for me. And I get that it works for other people for their podcasts and that's fine. I'm not dissing you. I'm saying it doesn't work for me. It's okay that your thing works for you and my thing works for me. All options are possible and all options are okay. <sighs> yeah. And I, do you know what? I think it's reminding me as well that it's not even that we actually need to let something go for it to be okay. We actually just need to let the idea of something go for it to be okay. So it's not that I need to let, I need to be okay with letting my relationship go. I need to be okay with letting the idea of my relationship go. I love my partner dearly. I adore her. I think she's gorgeous in every way. And sometimes I want to chop her fucking head off. <laughs> sometimes I want to say no. Sometimes she infuriates me. Sometimes I'm afraid of saying no. Sometimes I don't have the difficult conversations when I should do. But I only really trip myself up when I think it needs to look a certain way. Like We can imprison ourselves. I've sort of told her I'd like to marry her. But then that can become a prison in which I then say, well, it must look a certain way and it must happen at a certain time. It's dangerous even, you know, me saying out loud to you now. Am I creating that prison? I'm only creating a prison if then people have got an expectation. It's expectations that kill us. <laughs> expectations kill joy. If someone's saying, right, we're going to do something, it's going to be great. Oh, fuck. No, 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 no. Rip that up, throw out the window. No, let's just do it and see what happens. You can have hopes, but even hope kills you. The hope does kill you. Get rid of the hope. I, I'm, I, people sort of I read something earlier saying, someone saying, we don't want the new norm to become the norm. 
And I was like, no, but we also don't want to go back to the way we were either. We want to just be where we are and embrace all the magic that's already here. I know lockdown shit. I get that. And also there's other bits that's affording us. And so, yeah, we don't want the new normals to become normal, but we don't want the old normal back either. We don't want normal. Full stop. Fuck normal. <laughs> no. All options in normal are bollocks. We don't want appropriate. We don't want normal. We don't want great. We want containment within which we can have freedom. And I think that's what people are wrestling against. They don't, they, they're feeling that their liberation is gone. Their freedom is gone. But then equally so, we've got all this other freedom that comes with it too. And there's, there is magic here. And so as I bring this to a close, and I know I have to because this thing only allows me 30 minutes, and that's good because it's a container with it which I can play. <laughs> uh, I suppose I'm saying to you, above all else, what I'm taking away in my own little ramble is it's okay to say fuck it. It's okay to let something go. In fact, once you've let something go, once you truly kind of go fuck it, it doesn't fucking matter. Then see where you stand. If you said fuck it to a relationship, I guarantee it doesn't mean the relationship's gone. Just say fuck it. Just be prepared to walk away and then see where you stand. Because then you're left with what is. And what is, is love and connection and yumminess. It's the idea of the relationship that's tripping you up. It's the idea of your work project working the way that you wanted to that's tripping you up. It was the idea that I needed to be fucking successful by the time I was 40 that was tripping me up. It was the idea that, you know what, I need to bottle it and be happy that was tripping me up. It was the idea that everything needs to be in boxes and look a certain way that's tripping you up. The expectation is the killer of joy. And so my invitation to you and what I'm taking from all of this and a reminder to myself is, as Jamie Cato said, it's only when you're okay with hearing the word no that the whole world of the whole banquet of yeses opens up. It's only when you're prepared to say, fuck it, let it go. It doesn't matter. But actually, you create far more magic. The world opens up to you. Your heart says yes. The universe says yes. So my invitation to you now is whatever you're holding on to really tightly for, let it go. It doesn't really matter. Feel into the space that comes afterwards. Allow yourself to say, fuck it. Ah, and see what comes then. And with that, my friends, I shall leave you there. Go well. Till next time. If you've enjoyed this episode of the We Won't Die Wandering podcast, and want to find out more about all that I advocate and are interested in the life club I'm trying to build and all the coaching I provide, then visit wewontdowandering.com and explore all that I offer and events I'll be running and sign yourself up for news and insights delivered fresh into your inbox as they happen, including news of new podcast episodes as they get recorded and released. Wake up. Don't die wondering. You've got this. We've got this. Let's do this. Thank you for listening. Till next time, go well.